This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm really excited today to be joined by Mike Marsh. I've known Mike for a couple decades through different parts of his career. He's now CEO of the Magnificent Health System. Mike, I'm going to ask you five to six questions. Can you take a moment to introduce yourself? Well, Scott, first of all, it's great to talk to you. As you said, we've known each other for a long time and haven't had the pleasure of uh, connecting much, but um, it's great to hear your voice. So as Scott said, I, I uh, have the great privilege of serving as the CEO for uh, Overlake Medical Center I, and our associated clinics. I have uh, had the great uh, honor of, of working in healthcare for, uh, had my first management position in 1985. Overlake, for your listeners, is um, an organization that is a single market health system supporting the population of uh, Eastern King County, which is the county that Seattle is in. Our primary service area is about 900,000 population. Uh, we, um, about 25% of our business comes from outside of the service area, so we are a tertiary uh, uh, regional referral center for a quarter of our population. Uh, about 3,000 employees, uh, 1,400 physicians on our medical staff, 900 of whom are are active. So uh, that gives you kind of a thumbnail sketch. Uh, my entire career has uh, been in the Northwest and um, a great place to get to spend your, uh, your, both your private time and your work time. Now, now what, what people might not know about Overlake is it's a hospital that plays in the health system that plays well above its weight. It, it's in one of the most um, important communities in the area, not that any community is more important than others, but it's been one that's had a long, long-term relationship and support from Microsoft, some other great companies in the area, and it's sort of in that heart of where technology grew up in the Seattle, Washington area. So a magnificent um, sort of health system that's always played well way above its weight. Mike, with that sort of background, top priorities right now, what do you see as the top priority right now at Overlake and as CEO? Well, first of all, thank you for referencing our market because it is really breathtaking in terms of the titans of uh, industry who have set up shop here on eastern in eastern King County in the greater what we call the greater east side. You, you mentioned Microsoft. Amazon has a huge presence here. REI has their corporate headquarters. Costco, you know, basically the, the big section of the gaming industry. Facebook has come up in a big way. So the expectation is that, you know, Overlake has had to grow with this enormous growth and expectations of these um, influencers that are not only changing the Puget Sound or the Northwest, they're changing the world. So their expectations for producing world-class healthcare is, is very high. And in order for us to be relevant in meeting the needs of their patients, um, you know, we've always had to perform at that. And you use the word, I use the same phrase to outpunch our weight class. So when you think about our priorities, um, to, to be candid, um, it's, it's, I would say, change management. You know, I, in my three plus decades of healthcare leadership experience, I, there's never been a time when there's been more change. Um, change from the uh, regulatory perspective. Uh, last year in the Washington State Legislature, over 400 bills were introduced related to hospitals and health systems. That's unprecedented. 
Uh, obviously, our financing mechanisms are changing. Uh, the labor environment continues to be a, a, an enormous challenge for healthcare providers. Within 10 miles of Overlake, no kidding, within 10 miles of Overlake, um, we have over 2,000 or roughly 2,000 uh, nursing RN vacancies. So as you're thinking about, you know, that constellation of activity and uh, how you manage your enterprise in a way that can reflect uh, a successful transition across all of those dimensions, change management is, is key. And I haven't even mentioned the fact that we are implementing a, a new ERP system and uh, we're in the midst of our largest campus redevelopment project, construction project in our history. So uh, we've got a lot on our plate that requires people to think differently about the roles that they have in the organization. Well, that's fantastic. And if you had to sort of look at really two connected questions, I've seen you as a leader for 30 years now. I worked with you on a project probably 15 years ago or more and had a chance to see your leadership in action, which is just remarkable. Do you have a core management philosophy, any sort of core way of looking at management or looking at the world, or, 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 or is there such a thing? Well, you know, it's, it's funny you should ask yourself, your last question you said, is there such a thing? I actually, uh, a sort of a sidelight of my interest is leaders and how they, how, how they lead successfully historical figures who are leaders. And I, I, what I've concluded is there's no one right way. But yes, I do have uh, a very um, specific uh, collection of leadership philosophies that drive my day-to-day -day activities. I'll, I'll start with a story, a, a brief story. I had a physician in my office uh, a few years ago now, uh, not uncommon, uh, concerned about a particular issue and, and asked, said to me, Mike, why don't you just fix it? You're the CEO, you control everything. And I said, at the point where I view my role as the CEO, as controlling, uh, I will have lost the, 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 the capacity to lead. And in my mind, CEOs really get things done through influence, not through control. And the basis of that is my strong commitment to the greatest organizations are ones who really um, incorporate their shared values as deeply into the organization, starting with the CEO. And what I tell my new employees, and by the way, I, I visit with each one of them as they come into the organization through our new employee orientation, I tell my employees, these are not the values that I will hold you accountable to. These are the values I expect you to hold me accountable to. And so um, those, uh, those two concepts, I think, are uh, – really critical for me is um, it, leading through influence and leading from a position of thinking about your, sh your shared values and every healthcare system that you'll talk to has their values. And then the last thing I'll share, maybe one other quick story. I, had, I was at a birthday party for my sister-in-law uh, and she leaned over to me and said, so you're CEO of a health system. What does a CEO do anyway? And after I sort of sat back in my chair trying to wonder, what do I do? I said, you know, I really only do two things. Uh, 
I create an environment uh, that is intended to improve the culture so that our 3,000 employees can bring their own individual genius to, to work every day, and I uh, lead strategies through the organization that allow us to continue to be relevant in this fast-paced changing environment for decades to come. It's really about, for CEOs, in my mind, culture and strategy. Let me ask you a couple of follow-up questions to a couple of things you've said. The first is, I'll, I'll tee off what you just said on culture and strategy. And what about, in addition, you know, what happens, the, the higher up you get in an organization, to the extent it's altitude or not, the higher you get, the less hands-on doing you do, and more and more your role becomes getting the right people in place, make sure the culture is the right culture to keep and retain the right people, make sure they're training and on the right focus, and then strategy. Where, in your view, is this making sure the right people are in place, and, and the more that you have the right people in place, things tend to go right? Any thoughts on that? Uh, I do. I mean, you're absolutely right. Uh, the right people is can make your life uh, a lot easier or a lot harder. Um, you know, first of all, I think that I do tend to, uh, I, I, I believe strongly in teams that are comfortable in tension. And part of the right people is that they have enough capacity to trust one another, that they can be in disagreement but not be disagreeable. And that they have the, uh, the, the trust in one another to challenge their thinking. I, I, I'm not a fan of uh, teams that are homogeneous or teams that just are sort of in lockstep with my vision. I actually appreciate cognitive dissonance. I appreciate being challenged um, myself. So that's part of a right team. Uh, part of a right team also is, you know, complementing the quality of um, the personalities types. Um, so, you know, do you have the people who really value um, analytics and data do you have the people who really have the capacity to connect with other people uh, that are maybe more extroverted and, and uh, approachable? You know, do you have that balance within, within the team? Uh, clearly, you know, these, you have to have a, a good chemistry. Um, I'm, I, I feel, you know, I, I, one last thing I'll say, just to not spend too much time on this, but one last thing I'll say is that, I tend to probably err more on the side, uh, for better or for worse, of uh, thinking of my role a lot of times as a coach and hiring the best athletes, people that can play multiple positions uh, at different times depending upon, uh, so maybe wider versus deeper in their knowledge base. Um, because, you know, frankly, uh, things, as I said earlier, things are changing so much that our jobs are changing and our capacity to flex with our competencies is a function, I think, of being, you know, a good athlete versus a good position player. Well, and it, and, it's, and it goes back and forth, doesn't it, between being a great specialist versus being a great generalist and being able to mix those talents. You have to be great at something, but at the same time, you need to be flexible enough to be able to do a number of different things as they change and as they evolve. Mike, can you take a moment and just tell us sort of What's your most proud of regarding Overlake itself? And you've had this great career. What are you particularly excited about, about what Overlake is doing? 
Well, um, I've been in Overlake for um, about five and a half years now, and uh, Overlake, as you said, has always been a, a great organization growing with a community that is a great community. But what I am absolutely most proud of is our capacity to provide, to really um, be head and shoulders above others in patient safety, clinical quality, and employee safety. And, you know, a few remarkable um, pieces of evidence that supports that statement is, you know, in the last uh, 16 reporting cycles, I believe it is, Overlake has been a leapfrog A hospital 15 of the 16 reporting cycles. Uh, that's, that's, I won't say that's unprecedented, but that's in rarefied air. Uh, as, we, as we moved into value-based purchasing in the last federal fiscal year, uh, Overlake was rated by CMS. You know, CMS can array the hospitals as small, medium, and large. Overlake is one of 900 hospitals, in uh, large hospitals in the United States. We were rated fourth out of 900 in CMS's value-based purchasing composite around clinical uh, reliability, patient safety, patient, ex patient experience, uh, efficiency. Um, you know, in the macro MIPS equation, our ambulatory network in the first two years of being rated, uh, we scored 100% on our MIPS score. I've yet to find another health system, and I've asked a number of CEOs, how did your ambulatory network do in the MIPS? I'm sure they're out there, but I haven't found any. And, you know, on the, on the employee safety side, you know, we're really proud of the fact that we work hard to keep our employees safe. And, and last year, uh, we were the number one hospital in the nation, non-teaching hospital in the nation, uh, for the lowest incidence of needle stick rates. And as you know, to healthcare uh, workers, that's a big deal. That's fantastic, Mike. So great success in sort of quality, ambulatory quality, spending and, and, and cost control and volume and as importantly as anything, great success on employee safety. I'll, I'll ask you one final question. And, and you've got, you're surrounded by some of the brightest companies in the world. Uh, you mentioned a few of them, Amazon, Microsoft, REI, Costco. How much does the future of healthcare look like Amazon and easy to navigate consumer-wise or, or, or like any of those other companies that have done just such a great job of leadership? Microsoft the most valued company in the world, Costco, everybody loves Costco, uh, and REI is, for an outdoors person, the best of the best. How much does Overlake want to look like those companies, you know, come 10 years from now? Well, I think, you know, in many ways, um, we do look like those companies even today, except our footprint is really in support of the population that we're serving in more of a a regional market and of course not a worldwide market. So we don't see ourselves going across multiple states or exporting the, what we've been, the secret sauce we've been able to create here. But we do see ourselves continuing to outperform the expectations of these organizations. I will say that many of the, the organizations uh, that you're talking about, all of them are very interested in the health for their employees and many are beginning to look at becoming disruptors in the healthcare field. And that, that would be, you know, and I'm, I'm sure you've done this already, Scott, knowing you, but that in of itself is really a, worth a full podcast on its own. 
is the nature of the Microsofts and the Googles and the Amazons and the Apples getting into the healthcare space and how that will begin to transform beyond traditional delivery systems consolidating. It'll pale, it'll make the, the traditional delivery system consolidation pale in comparison. That to me is absolutely uh, the, the, the thing that will fundamentally change the landscape in the, in the next 10 years. Well, fantastic, Mike. Fascinating. I, I want to applaud you and Overlake, your entire team and staff and leadership, uh, and what a great job you've done creating a magnificent sort of, you know, large community hospital, wherever you refer to yourself as today, just a magnificent place. I've been there probably a dozen or more times. I'm always incredibly impressed by Overlake. So congratulations on you and what your team has done and the leadership there. Just fantastic, Mike. Thank great. you very well, much. Well, thank you. Nice to talk to you, Scott.